Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast for two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Wilson Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. It's it's e- extra level from what you usually say. <laughs> it's going yeah, pretty I'm good. Yeah, I'm trying to switch it up, man. Yeah, it's going pretty good, man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, going very well. But um, for this show, we're going to get into... Um, couple of thoughts on uh some particular uh recent shows and also uh, a, a past show and then a couple of album reviews and in the second half we're going to do a review of american gangster um to start off with just thoughts on the falcon and the winter soldier season one developments and um you know i originally planned for us to talk about if sam would become the next captain america we know that now after, right. after the after the finale um but um this new mcu series that you know that has followed the events of um avengers endgame Sam Wilson, Falcon, and Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, you know, has really done something unprecedented for a big budget superhero story as it's, you know, exploring the socioeconomic ramifications of Endgame. And um, there are stories in here that specifically features superheroes dealing with the trauma experienced in Avengers Infinity War and also Endgame, but has really been able to just fully explore the broader ramifications of what Thanos did. Um, But to you, kind of like, what are your overall thoughts on this series? and what it was able to accomplish in a, in a condensed six episodes. You know, this is a rare combination between uh, Bucky and uh, <laughs> and uh, the Falcon. Just, yeah. I don't know, the, the relationship they had, we, I think we saw a, a glimpse of it when they fought Spider-Man, and um, I forgot which one that was. Uh, was it uh, was it Winter Soldier? I think it was Winter Soldier. It was Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, when they when they was running, it's like everybody's got a gimmick. I think we we finally got some like a, a glimpse of what this could be, but we didn't know that at the at the time. Now just looking back, when I looking back, looking forward, looking at this series, man, I was like, oh, this is a good series. They put the best, the, a good combination of two guys together because one, yeah. both of them have a relationship with uh, you know Captain America. So one one relationship is different than the other, obviously, but you know they butted heads because. He thought he should never give up the shield because that's not what Wishkama wanted him to do. But I think this series is so dope because you get the real side of it, like the fame, like just like if they weren't superheroes or whatever, just like if somebody was an NFL football player and they're trying to yeah. go get a loan, they're just worried about like, be, like, dude, I'm trying to get a loan so I can save my family's business. You <laughs> like you worried exactly. about the wrong thing right now, so it's so realistic. And then the same thing with uh, Bucky, him trying to you know get all this the dark stuff and trying to make men's with people, especially with the um, the first guy who's, you know, he killed his son. But it was crazy. I, I, I love how they stringed everything together. And it was a good combination with the two characters, though. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and dealing with Sam Wilson as, um, as the new Captain America, throughout the beginning of the show, the first four episodes, you know, Steve Rogers had, had passed the shield down to him and Bucky, you know, disagreed with, it, with his decision to turn it over to the government. But Sam had kind of like consistently resisted the idea of being the next, you know, Captain America, which is never 100% comfortable with it. Um, and then also learning the existence of, of Isaiah Bradley, the first black super soldier, and yes. how his existence was, you know, kept from the American public, just really kind of dissuaded Sam and made him rethink how he wanted to go forward with, with this. But what are kind of your thoughts on what you've observed from, from Sam and kind of the struggles, the internal struggles and Right, rightfully justified in terms of him thinking that way and kind of like how he accepted the, the you know, took the mantle and went forward with being the next happening. You know, 
you get a backstory of Sam a little bit and how, like his sister said, you ran. You he had me to deal with everything. You went into the military. It seems like he doesn't know how to deal with certain things, and when he doesn't want to deal with them, he just puts them to the side. And just right. you know, because when he he could have took on the role of Captain America right there and there, but he was like, well. Well, you know, I don't feel like that's not my role. I'm the Falcon, so I'm just going to let, you know, give it to them. And, you know, whatever. So instead of, like, getting that role, which uh, Steve wanted him to be, you give it to someone else. When your parents needed you the most, your sister needed you the most, you went into the military. You didn't deal with it. So we just get a, a, another side of uh, Sam as an individual person outside of the Falcon. But I love the character development. We, we don't really see that uh, with certain black characters. But for him to want to do it now, knowing seeing the the first black super soldier, I think really kind of like you said, gave him that okay, maybe this is bigger than me type feel. Yeah, I think I answered your question, Wellington. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> nah, you, you definitely did, and and we saw like the after the the the, the um the conclusion of the sixth episode, you know, there was that that bonus scene at the end of the credits, like in terms of. Because there's growing sentiment, there's going to be a second season. I kind of feel like there has to be. Like, what do you possibly want if they do um, uh, take up a second season? Like, what would you kind of want to see going forward from this um, particular series? Tied in with something else. Tied in yeah. with the. Uh, well, continue to tie it in because I'm interested. Interested to see how they tie in all the the future Marvel movies that they're trying to release here shortly. How right. everything coincides with each other. So, in a way, I want. That him they're, they're doing little bite sizes before they get to the to the big to, to the big grand finale. Yeah. Like with with DC, they kind of just gave us the whole thing in and of itself before they like, kind of like gave us right. bite sizes. But, but Marvel MCU is kind of like switching it up. And I love how they're breaking everything down. Yeah, because this easily could have been a movie, right? Oh yeah, definitely. But it's, it felt like it could have been. But, been a movie. And right, one or two. So. What them doing is so it's so ingenious how they're doing this. They keep they're giving they're giving them themselves enough time to create more of the story, mm-hmm. not just with the Winter Soldier, which comes. So they give enough time to make the other movies, do other things that they want to do, probably add, take out stuff. And they're giving us these series to keep us interested because we already just had the grand finale. How do you go from this? You give us one right. vision. That's crazy. This. These some these some great geniuses people around MC very, Universe. Very ingenious people behind the scenes. It's crazy how they do this. Yeah. And we didn't think we wanted this until we got it, until they gave it to us. There was a hesitancy. There was a real hesitancy though. Even with WandaVish, we were like, uh, do we really want to get take, take this in? And then after that, like the, the, the reception was sky high. Sky high, bro. Because when it was like, oh, it's gonna be a series, like nobody cares about those. Lucky and no Sam or Wanda. Why does she get the spinoff? Like, yeah, those are the questions I asked myself until I actually sat down and watched. Them. I'm like, oh yeah, I see why. This is dope because mm-hmm. she's one of the most powerful. Well, not we were gonna get to that, but yeah, Sam and Bucky. I think Winter Soldier is definitely well. Falcon and Winter Soldier is really, really good to a point where they're trying to. I don't know. I want. I want to see them like they need Captain America, and oh, yeah. just. He just comes out of the Sam just like he's the new Captain America now, so he just kill like he just knocks it out of the park. Cause we see how not to be trying to be Captain America. Cause that dude was trash. Oh my when he first, I cannot stand that guy. I cannot stand that guy. When he first came out, I was like, who is he doesn't even look who is like he? <laughs> who is this dude? This dude's whack, bro. Like that's everybody's we was watching with my friends. Biggest like, takeaway. Whack. <laughs> whack. Super whack. Like you just didn't have the mannerism of a Captain America. You whack, bro. Get out of here. 
But he didn't last too much. <laughs> he didn't last too long. Um, but transitioning to to WandaVision and you know and dealing with it's kind of the comparison because like it's natural to, to have a comparison after like these two break break breakout shows kind of um conclude. Um, but looking back at WandaVision, it was uh, like a, kind of a more personal show that focused completely on the emotions of its characters. Um, also a localized show, you know, being placed just exclusively in, in one New Jersey town. And also, you know, mm-hmm. rather than delving into the broader ripples of Endgame, it focused on the immediate impact. And um, this was the type of show that, that just was never really going to offer a more grandiose perspective on life after Endgame. But in terms of, of dissecting WandaVision and now the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, like, do you think there, in terms of your opinion and what you liked more, was there one that you felt was more mm-hmm. superior or do you feel as though um, it was a little too different to compare? I'm contemplated about this question. Um, mm-hmm. I think when it comes to, like, spinoffs, I think they're they're similar. Yeah. I, I think Winter, Falcon and Winter Soldier got into it faster. Oh, yeah. Wanda. WandaVision was more gradual. Yeah, and it really gave you, it really, you really had to like, sit, they gave you the premise of it first. The first, first three episodes was just like the premise and you got to like get it, understand what's happening and why it's like a 70s film. So when it, when it comes to Falcon Winter Soldier, it got right into what what was happening. He's trying to make men's, Sam's trying to get back to the Washcom thing, trying to get his family business back. Boom, 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 boom. And then he's still going to fight. And now he just gave up the shield. Like, we get it, like, right then and there. But with WandaVision, it's kind of like, like you said, gradually getting to the, when it gets to there, though. Oh, yeah. I think WandaVision overall is a better spinoff or better the series. But I just think. I would still give the edge to WandaVision. Yeah. Just given, like, one, she's the most powerful creature. She literally could have killed Thanos by herself. Mm-hmm. So to see how powerful she—that's a statement. That's a statement in and of itself. <laughs> Anybody that right. can build Thanos. So I I like WandaVision because you get like you so much. She's one of the strongest. You get why she's trying to create this whole universe type thing, trying to bring yeah. So it's yeah, I, I like it, especially when uh, <laughs> Vision was like, bro, how do we have kids? Like. Where, what's happening? Like, you just start answering all these questions. I like, just take place. Like, honey. <laughs> honey. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, now, listening to, to uh, kind of uh, uh, to, to Breaking Bad now and just what makes this such a timeless show. Um, you know, it's been about 13 years since its origin, but um, this Golden Globe and Emmy winning prime drama is one of the clearest benchmarks for television shows. Um, the cast being headlined by two great actors and Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, along with just the impeccable producing from Vince, Gill- Vince Gilligan is one of the elements that stands out. Um, but this show just includes brutally honest writing that kind of balances out plot points we kind of see coming from a distance. And even, you know, one of the penultimate episodes, um, Ozymandias is hailed by many critics to be the greatest episode ever written for television. Um, you know, the pinpoint character development and also how it didn't write on the previous season's success just delivered the type of satisfying conclusion that and seek is undeniable. Um, but what do you make Breaking Bad such a timeless show? Because I remember looking back, like, this was the first show I ever binge-watched. Like, I always heard people talking about Breaking Bad, but this was the show that people said, like, yo, if you're going to start binge-watching shows, this is the one you got to start with. And it really feels as though that, that show that is still to this day timeless. You know what? It's unexpected, because I don't think anybody expected this 
this show to be as good as it was, even though they have mm-hmm. a, a decent decent cast, I would think. I mean, I'm a big fan of Brian. Uh, Brian, I think his name is Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a big fan of him because he plays in so many, like he played in uh, Malcolm in the Middle, like the guy's a freaking legend, man. Um, <laughs> especially the, uh, I, can I just go off, especially with the episode of Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle, where he was oh, yeah. walking. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny, bro. It's so funny. But now back to the back to Breaking Bad. I think it's so great because it was unexpected. I think the, yeah. the the whole premise of the the show, a teacher becoming a whole method dealer and taking over the entire West Coast, that's unheard of, bro. Like yeah. just to paint and then your wife finds out about it. And then she's with it too. Like that's crazy. Goodness. Like, bro, like the, the, the I'm hooked already. Because most wives are like, no. No, we got. We can't do that now. No, I want in. Like, what do I gotta do? To, to, like, what do we do to keep this yeah. going? And I love how just I don't know, man. It's I think it was unexpected. The storyline is so unrealistic, but realistic because you'll do any, any and everything for your family to survive. You know, what I man. So I think that was that was definitely the biggest one. But yo, this this, <laughs> this Breaking Bad is crazy. Like, I mean, it's right along there. It. it I mean, it's right along there with shows like The Wire, The Sopranos, yes. Mad Men. It, yes. It's it's definitely like on the Mount Rushmore. I would think of of top television shows. And it's crazy. Like I don't think people like expected just to to be such because this is the epitome of a great show. Like yeah, it only really has five seasons. Only five. Yeah. seasons. It is considered one of the, the greatest shows. That's an earth. And is that another thing? Like else... in, in terms. In terms of like it just being five seasons and not like extending too long, like do you think that's another thing that is like like really like admirable about it that it it took its time but it also didn't like overstay its welcome? Yeah, and it didn't have to do too much. It did everything it needed to do in five seasons because yeah. the typical show time span is eight seasons. Right. Typically, eight seasons. If it's good enough, it's eight seasons. But this show, considered the best, Breaking Bad did it in five. That's incredible. That's the writers are on point, the directors are on point, the the uh, the, the cast members are on point. The, to be able to do this and be at the high peak, it's not like you got close. They could have went eight seasons if they really wanted to. I believe. Oh yeah, they could have expanded it. But they feel, yeah. But I feel like you know they feel like okay, we did what we had to do. We're not gonna overkill or overextend this and take dilute the impact that it already has. So let's do five seasons. We got what we did. Boom. In it. In it. It ended so dope. It ended dope. Yeah. I like how it ended. It didn't leave no questions. It didn't like, ah, man. Like, for for example, How I Met Your Mother. I love How I Met Your Mother, eight seasons. How it ended, the dumbest way it could end it. It was so dumb. They kind of compact the last couple episodes. This big episode, and it just, how it ended was dumb. I didn't like it. It yeah. just messed up the whole thing, but breaking by it gives you, it gave you everything in five seasons. It didn't do too much. It stayed to the premise, and that's why it's one of the best. Yeah, and, and they had the spinoff version of Better Call Saul, which kind of like was it is it in, in a different universe of its own. Like, like what were your thoughts on when they took like a character in Saul Goodman who was a part of the show, and then gave him his own like series like outside of breaking bad like like what were kind of your thoughts on, on them kind of taking one character out and giving him his, his kind of like own series and universe as well oh wow i didn't know that yeah whoa 
So, so better, better call Saul. Better call Saul. It, it, it's it's essentially going into the life of Saul Goodman and and how he operates and what he does and, and what he does like just not giving a snapshot of what he did in Breaking Bad, but just essentially giving him his own space to see like how his day to day operations go. Um, I think it's also five seasons as well. It's got one more season, but it, it's I, I thought it was very interesting how they kind of took one character out who was a, definitely a fascinating character and letting him kind of operate in, in his own space. That's dope. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Okay. Are you? The fact that it was, was it a successful spinoff? Yeah, oh, it, it, it's, it's been very successful because the reason I was asking you is there, there are people are already getting to, well, is this better than Breaking Bad? Like it's, it's almost like people, it started off slower than Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad definitely like has a faster pace, but like by the second season, it's already kind of at that Breaking Bad type of, type of pace, which I thought was pretty fascinating. Is it the same one? The guy just his commercial is he get, getting punched in the face? Yeah, that guy. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I have seen the commercials on Amazon. I was like, who's this dude keep getting punched in the face for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> but no. Okay, 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 okay. It has ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So it's it is. Good. I'm gonna have to watch it now. I gotta watch it while it's been. Now I gotta watch yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it definitely. I didn't. It, I didn't know it was a spinoff. I didn't know. It was a yeah, because yeah, not a lot of people have seen it, but it, it, it's very interesting to see like how they 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 took and expanded that type of show. Um, in terms of Breaking Bad, like in in the top shows that you would say that like you would go back and re binge watch, like would you have it like in your top three or, or like kind of where would you rank in terms of like one of the shows you could go back and and binge watch easily? You know what? I, this is definitely top three. Yeah. What I want to do now, and I've seen people talk about this all the time, watch it from the tail end and go back to the beginning. Mm. Start from That's season five to season one. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people have done that and said it, it is, it's even better in reverse. Wow. Yeah. So I I, I'm, think, I'm thinking about doing it, but the top three definitely bench. Definitely watch this over and over because these writers are incredible. Yeah. The like, writing yeah. is just impeccable. And then uh, Brian's like performance, man. Show he just he just makes the character. Even he just makes the character because you see him in so many other things. And then the the first season is him being like the other characters he's been in, like Malcolm in the Middle, like being this outstanding husband or whatever, whatever. And now I got to turn, you know, bald head goatee. I hated his goatee. <laughs> I hated his goatee. <laughs> I really did. I hated it. <laughs> but it gave that that rugged look that you have to have in this business. Like you can't be a punk. Like even the guy who was like they was cutting people in the little um the little uh meth what's called cut the guy's throat. Like what is going on here, man? These guys are crazy. But yeah. But uh his performance was really, really good in this. Who, who was your favorite character out outside of him? Ooh. That's tough. That's tough. That's actually tough. I don't think because I, I know, like, with with what with what Aaron Paul did, like he was he was obviously like 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 his his right hand man. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and I thought he was very very fascinating as well. Who was the guy who had the chicken the the the, the, uh, the chicken spot? He had the glasses. Uh, I think it was uh, Gus. I'm not sure if it was Gus or was it Gus was. Uh... Ah, uh, Gus, 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 Gus. Gus, the guy who's cutting people's throat. 
I think yeah, G- yeah, G- G- Gus was definitely right up there. I-, I I think it's someone like one of the most fascinating characters as well. But yeah, uh, Aaron Paul, I-, I-, I like I know Brian Cranston gets a lot of credit credit as well from the show, and he obviously should. But I think Aaron Paul's role in this can't go you know undenied as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, now transitioning to our to our music reviews and um, our the, our first one with Young Thugs um, Sign Language to review and just thoughts on the heavy amount of um, hit making tracks and, and what to expect next from Young Thug. Um, this recent recent project from last Friday kind of showcases all of the talent on uh, YSL and you have guest appearances from um, Thug to Senate Circle, including artists like Future, Travis Scott, and Drake. Um, you've got production from Weezy and other go to collaborators. Um, but I think one of the biggest takeaways is that you know Young Thug still heavily carried the project and it's natural when you're a superstar like him and it just always going to be in the spotlight um but he's just always making his presence felt with sharp hooks and um his massive impact on rap song construction since he first came out um correlates with with delivering memorable moments again and again um but kind of like what were your initial thoughts on this project with just a lot of hit making tracks and also like with the with the guest list extremely top heavy I think <clears throat> I, I didn't really expect much from this because right. one, I mean, Young Thugs lied anyways. But <laughs> I already knew track. He, right, I already knew he's gonna come like with a massive feature list because he always comes with a massive feature list. And on top of that massive feature list is Drake. So like as soon as I saw the track list, I was like, yeah, that's that that looks about right. That looks, <laughs> that looks <good>. about right. <laughs> um but I just I can't get through all these songs sometimes man 23 songs and it, that, like that, that was the thing i was gonna get to it was a very large, large amount yeah but when you i i understand why they dropped so like so, such big projects like 24 25 songs give us I, 16 17 tracks that's all we want that's all we want so, <laughs> yeah bro like after like the tip one i'm like yo this is still going <laughs> <laughs> this is probably not even the best. I'm a song I got. I <laughs> right. I don't know if it. And then it, you can't stop because maybe it's the, a better song at a tail end. But you know, as an artist, artists put their very best songs in the beginning of the album. But then they put like some, they spot them out after like, you know, a few. But I don't even want it to go that deep. But I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it's, it's fire. Oh, it's, it's fire tracks. Fire. I mean, track fire. It's fire tracks. Yeah. I didn't. Right. I didn't really like. I had had no expectations for it because I was like, I already know it's gonna be good. Okay. The only thing I, I knock against, like, can you do this? If it, it would be more impressive, if you did it in fifteen. Yeah. What were like your? What were some of your favorite tracks? I mean, I, I think "Ski Diamonds Dancing," obviously solid. Were, were some of the best. I mean, uh, the, the little baby feature and, and little Uzi Bird were also really good as well. But but did you have a few kind of favorites? Proud of you was a good one. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was interesting. Him and um, Young Blue, mm. the trans song. It was interesting. I was wanted to know if they could fit on the song together. I mean, it wasn't a bad song. I thought it was. I thought it was a good song. But I always thought like his voice, how deep Young Blue's voice is, and you know the pitches that Young Blue. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I always wanted if they could fit on a song. So I mean, it, I mean, it was good. I love the song with Kid Cudi, Moon Man. Um, it was good to hear Kid Cudi back on the track. Uh, but other than that, I think those were it, man. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, with Young Thug, he had the so much fun uh, album. I think back in 2019, 
Um, even Drake said that was like one of his favorite albums of that particular year. And and and, and now he's uh you know gearing up to make another project. In terms of what you want to see following up that album, is there anything in particular like you want it to be like just a straight rap album? I, I think Young Cook could do that, but it doesn't seem like he would just kind of go just straight rap. Um, what what in particular, what element do you kind of want to see for this next project? You think he can like do a whole rap album? I don't think he would ever do that. But I think that's the only thing we haven't seen him like do so far. I don't think he can. He's not like he's not lyrical at all. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> I mean, I would, he would really be I, testing his limits, and I don't think that would be a good gamble. Do you do you remember the song off? Um, uh, uh, he was on Drake's Drake's thing was a playlist. Sacrifices. Yeah, he was like, I'm talking name. You, you. Name oh yeah, that was. Mm. Get it? Like you the name? Like he was so proud of that bar. That was trash. Like was he? <laughs> Bro, that oh, was man. a trash bar, bro. He was so was proud good, about man. it. And he reset it. Get it? <laughs> he laughed at it. That's the part that gets me. He goes it, back. Hey, he doesn't he... let it like pass by. He just goes back. Like, if it registers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so trash. That bar was so trash. You get it? No. You the name. Like, who's he? You know, who's he? But no. Oh, Ice Melts. That's his zone. Yeah, yeah. But, That's his zone. Ice Melts yes. is his zone. Yes. Yes. I don't need something, something. I don't need another song. Yeah, that's hard. Anyways, but yeah, exactly. Like, he knows what to do. Like, he knows, he knows pitches. He knows what works. And he's good at ad libs. Stick to that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see much anything newer from him. I don't think he can give us anything new. He just stays in his pocket, which is smart. Stay in your pocket. Stay. Yeah. I mean, that's what artists should do. Yeah, some artists. If you if you know you can grow and you can do other stuff and you're versatile, then try. I I say try. But I don't. I don't. I don't see Young Thug doing anything differently. Or I mean, be have a concise album. Do like 15, 14 songs. See if you can do it in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting to to Conway uh, the Machines. Uh. Uh, uh, La Makina review. This is Conway's second album of 2021 that he's been a part of. And in the opener, um, Bruiser Body, he puts to, to, to rest the report attention between him and West Side Gun. Um, over the menacing production that's included, he sounds, you know, extremely invigorated and, and reinventing himself was the thesis of this project. And the most glaring retooling present is his, you know, experimentation with new flows. Um, he's slipping into different pockets in songs like Scatterbrain. He's rapping um, ahead of the beat and withholding some punchlines. Um, but what are your thoughts on this album and how, and how he revealed the sharp convictions and fundamentals that kind of like pushed him into stardom over a half decade? You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a hip hop head. I love hip hop. I love I love I love MCs. And this it this album really like gave me back in the '90s day vibes, '80s mm. day vibes. Listening to to Sean, listen to Jada Kiss, listen to Nas, listen to Biggie, like those type of rappers. You can hear. I don't know where the guy's from. Where is he from, Wellington? Um, from? I think from New York. I think Conway's from New York. Okay, okay. The guy, he has to be. I was gonna say he's from like Jersey, yeah, New York, born in Buffalo, New York, Brooklyn, something. Okay, okay. He probably spent a lot of time in Brooklyn and the Bronx and all that good stuff. Yeah. You can tell in his voice, you can tell in his delivery, is that old school flow. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So we're listening to this album like, yeah, because we don't got real MCs no more like that. We don't have real, real MCs. When I'm yeah. when I'm talking about an MC, I mean a guy who's lyrical who rock the mic. You got a lot of rappers mm-hmm. like Young Thug, Future, those type. That, those are rappers in my in my eyes. When you're an MC, you like Method Man, you like Red Man, you like Nas, you like J Cole. You know what I mean? Those those are butcher. actual MC. Exactly, Freddie Gibbs MC. Yeah. Um, so when you hear in real MCs, you hear that real authentic MCness. And that's not a word, but I'm gonna use it. It, it gets you, it gets you pumped, cause I'm a, like, like I feel like I'm an MC first. So when I hear like rap, rap, like you know what I'm saying, just get make make that kind of thing, man. Cause when you first, wait, Bruiser, Bruiser Brody, mm. Bruiser Brody, back in the trench, it's like, yo, okay, all you gotta right. do is just move your body, just mm, the beat just take you, and his words will be like, all right, just come this way, come this way. So this whole album was fire. It just gave you gave you them that New York old school rap vibes, MC vibes. I was rocking with it. I like it. Oh yeah, this this, this was a, a very impressive project. Um, there there was some other uh, um, music news uh, before we transition to, to the second half. Uh, her announced that she's going to have a debut album back in my mind. Um, Corday also had a four track EP just until before his next album. And we we I feel as though it was strategic for us to 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 review that George Smith track because now she's got another project coming May 14th. Um and it, it it's kind of like a follow it's just called Be Right Back, Be Right Back, and it's a, a short follow-up to Lost and Found. And so we we have some new music coming up. Like are, is there any new music coming up forward from these artists or any other artists that, that you're looking forward to as as these are kind of like newer recent developments? She just uh she just dropped a song with Saunders. Yeah, which is Brit Fias and a couple Fias. of other producers, and I didn't like. I was on YouTube because Sonder ain't dropped the music in since um, "Make Your Mind Up." When he time like that song, I forgot what it's called though. Um, mm-hmm. because obviously Brit is focused on his regular career, like his solo career. So when I yeah. saw that, I was like, "Oh yeah," because he says Sonder has an album coming when he dropped um. His last project, he said, we still got more music coming. But that was last year, though. Yeah. So I'm still, when they dropped that, I got crazy. So I'm a big fan of Sonder. When they dropped me, it's Georgia Smith. I think that would be dope. Mm-hmm. Her, I already thought her dropped a, a debut album, maybe on but a trip. She said, like, those were compilations. And that's I was confused by that headline, too, because I, cause I was like, I thought, I thought me and Savannah already reviewed the album. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, like, she's... She's she's officially calling this one her debut album, so so that so that I, I don't know if it's gonna be different from her past ones, but it seems as though she wants right. this to kind of be her breakout type of project. It better be then. So now I'm very interested. That I think I don't know if she did that on purpose, but now I'm intrigued. Like okay, this other music wasn't like your you feel like your top tier music because if you say this is my debut album, she feels as though this is gonna be her best music. Best music then. Yeah. So now. You you created this expectation. You better exceed it, or you better meet it. Yeah. Or your fan base could be like, mm, "We're not rocking with." Yeah, you. maybe you should have made this your debut. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should just say, "Hey, this is my album, not my debut." Yeah, because you've been out for a while. That's what I'm saying. She's, She's been, been out for, for 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 a while now. Gabrielle, I remember rocking to your music back in like 2000. When did um? If you're reading this too late, if you're reading this, it's too late. 2014, 15, right? 15. 15. Yeah. 
She was out then. Goodness. She did a cover to Jungle, and she put that yeah. on her mixtape. Oh, goodness. So she's been out since then. And I know she dropped the album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know she's dropped albums in between that. So. It's one of the most perplexing Whatever. headlines I, I saw yesterday. I was like, there's no way this is a new album. <laughs> I didn't like you professional the It's like, what? <laughs> Yo, she's been around. Focus on me. I know that wasn't an album. Actually, well, listen, she's right. She's dropped a bunch of EPs. Okay. She's right. She's right. She's right. She dropped a bunch of singles. She's featured on a lot of stuff. And the first thing we ever heard of when we didn't see her face, just like the her silhouette, that was like a mixtape. Mm. So she's right. Wait this long to do a debut yeah, album. I don't I'm know looking why. back at some of these projects. These are like 20, 20 tracks, 17 tracks. These are, man. Really? Hold on. Hold on. Let me like like the Her album in 2017. <laughs> 21 songs. Oh, no. 21 songs. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> on her. <laughs> You're, uh, uh, oh no 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 no! That's the that's the that's the mixtape. Okay. With the silhouette, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the mixtape. Because okay. at the end you can see Jungle. Well, not because at first she had those separate. Then she put them together. Like, okay, yeah, merged them together. Yeah. Yeah, she merged them together a couple years ago. So she does not have a debut album because mm. I used to know her as a an EP. Well, actually, that's 19 songs. So that's definitely not an EP. That's very appropriate. We need to redefine, Savon. What is an EP again? I got to ask, what's it? <laughs> oh, that's definitely, that's an LP. I don't know that's what okay. she's calling it. She's a debut album. If she Something new is it, coming. Something new is coming. <laughs> Something new is coming. But, but did you have any, any thoughts on, on Corday's um, four-pack? Oh, you know what? I like Corday. He's a he's an MC. He's dope. But sometimes, like, um, sometimes I I don't what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I like his music, I love his flow, because he has like a lisp or mm. whatever, and he, he can't <laughs> it's so funny how he says words sometimes. And I love his music, I love his concepts, I love how energized he is. But sometimes I'm like, yo, how did you get He's famous, like sometimes, because his flow really? is like it's it's normal. It's normal. Like, that is true. I mean, he, he can yeah. rap. He can rap, but I'm like, some of his songs are not like extravagant songs. I think you just when you build a good fan base, you build something behind, and people don't fan base is important. It's they'll normal. Carry yeah, it is. It oh that that they will they will go to bat for you. So yeah. I mean, like it's like a normal song, it's a normal rap song. But I'm not like hating on him or anything because I actually listen to the music. Um, so whatever. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our American Gangster Review. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into our American Gangster Review. And my co-host, Savon, was not able to be on uh, this part of the show. But I'm joined by a special guest once again, Trent Morales, who's been on for, for numerous reviews in the past. And is uh, always a great guest. And thanks for being back on, man. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm shedding the stereotype about Christopher Nolan right now. I'm, I'm trying to branch <laughs> out, trying to branch yeah. out. <laughs> you know what? Some of the reception, the reception, like was like, okay, we love these Nolan reviews, but can you review anything else? <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, um, hey, come on us when we got better stuff to review. Just come on us when we got better stuff to review. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, but but to start off with the overview of American Gangster, um, American Gangster is a 2007 biographical crime film directed and produced by Ridley Scott and written by um, Stephen Zillian. The film is fictionally based on the crime, criminal career of Frank Lucas, a gangster from um, LA, uh, Log Range, North Carolina, who smuggled heroin into the United States on American service planes returning from the Vietnam War before being detained by a task force led by Detective Richie Roberts, starring Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe in their first lead acting roles together since 1995's Virtu- Virtuosity. Trent, I had to ask you, have you ever seen the film Virtuosity? Because I've never, I've never seen that film. I, it does not ring any bells, man. Yeah, because when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> it didn't ring any bells for me. This, right. this is like the first headlining <laughs> time I've seen them together. Um, the film also co-stars Ted Levine, John Ortiz, Josh Brolin, um, uh, Chiwetel, uh, EG4, Great Norman cast. Reedus, yeah, Ruby D, uh, Lamari uh, Nadal, and Cuba Gooding Jr. at a budget mm-hmm. of one hundred million and brought two hundred sixty-six point five million into the box office. Um, it also had an 81 percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, American Gangster was nominated for 21 awards, including two Oscar nominations for Best Art Direction and Best Supporting Actress in Ruby D, and won three, including a Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Supporting Role. And this was definitely just a throwback to classic gangster films and, and extremely gritty. Um, Denzel and Russell Crowe as the leading performers were just, you know, firing on all cylinders. Um, but before we get into the categories, kind of like what were your initial thoughts of this film? So I remember this is like kind of one of the first films where I I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember I was probably about 17, 18 years old when I saw it. And mm-hmm. I, I remember like, <laughs> I don't know if it was just kind of like, it's kind of this thing of like, I want to see this film. But I yeah. know in like, I, kn- I knew in the back of my mind it was going gonna, gonna to send around some pretty graphic things. But mm-hmm. I guess it's probably one of the first gritty films i ever watched and, and i put you know compared to some stuff i've seen now this is very tame but the right, first yeah. kind of like gritty film i ever really took in as a young man you know with you know of course centered around drugs and you know crime and all that kind of stuff but just i love denzel washington it's always been a favorite of mine and mm-hmm. i like i knew when i saw it i think also too i was going through a, a pretty strong Russell Crowe phase during this time as well. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I, why would I not want to see these guys on the same, uh, you know, screen together? And yeah, I, I remember watching it. I loved it. Um, and I still, I still watch it at least once a year. Uh, just actually just watched it probably about a month and a half ago. And yeah, uh, yeah you, you, you just, you can't deny how great this film is. Yeah, you really can. And, and starting off the topics from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, from your perspective, um, what would you kind of give it in particular, and, and, and what are some of your reasons for it? So I'm going I'm to I'm go two ways with this. So I'm going to say I'm going to give it four stars as far as the overall presentation and how the film is. Yeah. But I'm going to give it three for how loosely his, loose, loosely it's based on the historical aspect of what's going on. Um, yeah. You know, if, you, if, you, if you do a little reading, it's in, in, kind of like the behind the scenes, like the, you know, the original Richie, like the the real Richie Roberts was kind of offended by how he was portrayed in this film. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like a deadbeat dad who had nothing to do with his kid and things like that. And, um, and just, you, you could see where they kind of took some liberties, but overall though, you know, you have to love this cast. You have to love, you know, the way that Denzel could just flip that switch from being yeah. this really charming, charismatic individual to, I'm going to shove this dude's head in a piano 
and beat mm-hmm. him up. You know that scene. Like, yeah, go, if, if, we're, if we're like previewing most memorable scenes, that one is it's definitely up oh, there. Oh, bro, bro. Yeah, I was like, did, did he really just shove this dude's head in <laughs> the piano? Uh, but yeah, so, it's, so it's, yeah. So overall, I give it you know four stars overall, just because you know I love the cast, I love the kind of the, the flow of the film, uh, yeah. the action sequences and things like that. Uh, but if we're talking like just you know historical nature, I definitely give it a three. Mm, yeah, I, for, for the movie wise, I definitely would give it a four as well. You know, this story was just was told just smoothly and in a competent fashion. Um, the spectacle of of grand themes and just been and two bigger than life characters played by you know two of the best actors in cinema was was very dynamic. Um, transitioning to favorite character, um, for me, I mean, I, I know it's obvious answer. Frank Lucas, he kind of was just like the. the uh, the overwhelming, undeniable kind of character that that you couldn't like, keep your eyes off of. You know, this was just such an electri- electrifying performance. As whenever we see Denzel playing a bad role, just like Training Day, we see how good he, he's at changing positions and being stoic along with a, a rigid, uh, rigid work ethic. Um, but to you, kind of like, who was your favorite character in this one? Man, I'm, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you, Wellington. I don't know if you're ready for this. Uh, I'm going with. Clifford Harris, T.I., baby. Mm. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, no, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's really he's really, he's really, just switching it up. He's really just switching it up on us. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It, it's, still, it's still, I mean, like, it, it's so funny. You got RZA in this film. You got T.I. in this film. Uh, this is I mean, a, a, star, a star-studded cast. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, dude. You gotta, you gotta go, Frank Lucas and Denzel Washington, man. Like, this yeah. is just, you know, one of his premier roles. Uh, definitely kind of falls in line. It's like, it's like if you took, um, if you took his role uh, from Training Day and, and polished it. This is what Frank Lucas is. You know that he yeah. wants to, you know, be that professional businessman, but he's gonna do some very, very dirty things with his business. And uh, yeah, he, he just, he, I mean, at, at some point, you're kind of like rooting for him to succeed like I, mm. I don't i don't want the cops to stop him i want him to succeed in in his way uh but uh but yeah you, you gotta ride with frank lucas uh it's just a intriguing character and you um yeah it's it was pretty fantastic yeah and some people would say that they don't like some some people would say that that, that, that they're not the biggest fans of this version of denzel they're used to seeing him in kind of like uh, a more heroic faction or a more likable right. type of role. Like in terms of how you view Denzel as the villain, kind of like, is it something that you mind or do you think it just kind of shows off the versatility that, that he can have in any type of role? Man, I, mean, I think, I think we, we, have to, we have to have versatility. I mean, you know, there's only so many times you could see Denzel be a, be a police officer. I mean, right. it's a, you know, it's a, or, you know, in a you know, kind detective. of equal, you're right, detective or an equalizer role um, or like a you know, man on a fire. Coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. Okay, if you say this, like, I mean, pretty much all of Denzel's prominent roles, they all kind of carry this definitely that all of his characters seem to be a leader in some fashion. Like, they, right, yeah. they, they're they not a follower. They're a leader. I mean, from Malcolm X to Coach Boone to, you know, of course, to Frank Lucas um, to Training Day, Flight, everything like that. They're all leaders in some capacity. And of course, yeah, it's easy to say that because he's a lead actor in these mm-hmm. films, but generally his characters are leaders. And I think that when we get that range here is that he's able to, to be the bad guy, but 
is he really uh, the ultimate bad guy? He ends up working with the cops. I that's mean, what I'm like, saying. Yeah, yeah that's he the ends thing. up working with look, the cops. He's yeah. able to come around and, and try to try to work out things for the better cause. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's definitely a classic thing of like you cinch on me, I'm gonna cinch on you. That's what that's what yeah. happened there. So but if you're looking for a bad guy, it's training day throughout. He never sleeps. Oh, up. I mean absolutely, he's, he's, yeah. he's all through yeah. through and throughout the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is no let up when it comes to that film. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you know it, it, it's all about people's preference. Like you know, if you right. if you enjoy a grittier film, then you're gonna love American Gangster. You know, but if you if you want to see Denzel's more of a hero, you may like Man on Fire. Um, mm-hmm. So, in, but but things like that. Yeah, it just, it just kind of depends on people's taste. And uh, but for me personally, I like to see you know actors who have a lot of range and can you know um, like you know if we're talking about actors and actresses like you know like people like kevin spacey they're made for one role and that's yeah absolutely yeah i mean you will never see him play any other kind of heroic role it's always going to be a sleazy dirt bag who you can't Mm -hmm. stand so um (laughs) but but denzel he definitely has that range and you know he can bring he can bring you in emotionally he can you know make you cheer from him as a hero he can make you hate him as a villain um and yeah i mean it's one of one of the best roles that he's done Absolutely. And, and now transitioning to most memorable scenes, um, I had Nobody Owns Me, where Frank explains mm-hmm. his method of business and how he managed to surpass um, the white man when others couldn't. Somebody or nobody, Frank teaches his family about business, then takes yeah. a break to, to collect his money after shooting Tango on the street. Um, fed up, where Huey gets out of hand at the party. Um, Jimmy shoots him in, and Frank smashes a, a, a Jimmy's head. Uh, diluting the brand, Frank stops by Nikki's club and tells him to stop. No, ruin, ruining his heroin, heroin brand by selling a diluted virgin. Uh, don't lie to your mother, where Frank's mom confronts him that he will lose his family mm-hmm. if he doesn't trading up. Uh, the right thing to do, Frank tries to bribe Richie into letting him go free. And finally, progress, where you know, Richie strikes a deal with Frank in an attempt to get the names of all the crooked, crop, uh, crooked cops in New York. Um, to you, looking back at this one, kind of like what were uh, maybe one or two of your most memorable scenes? So for me, I number one, because of the, the artist who's playing, but the scene where Anthony Hamilton's singing in the club, do you feel me, bro? <laughs> like, I was like, man, this dude can sing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, overall, it's a great scene. So it's the first time we see Frank meet his, what would become his wife. Um, but that also plays into, like, you know, the, the scene where he kind of calls, you know, uh, his brother out in that, in that scene. is like, hey, you know, you know, you know, the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. He's like, if yeah. you want to, if you want to be at Nicky Barnes, you want to get rested, go to jail, go right ahead and do it. But if you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. you're gonna do it right, you're gonna do it right. Um, and of course, you know that. If you know, he, the, was, the, he, said, he said, you know, if you were my brother, if you were my brother, you'd be done. You'd be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would kill you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, it's, 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 this is a family podcast, so this is an edited version of that. We're, yeah, we're not gonna say. We're, we're not, not gonna, gonna say what he really said. <laughs> we're not gonna say what he really said. Same thing with Trey. We're not gonna say what he really said. Uh, but. Uh, but no, and then like, um, and then let's see, another scene that I really enjoyed, um, man, the, uh, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to pull this one out for because I know you mentioned a lot of the other ones already. The church yeah. scene. Whenever, oh, basically. Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, when, when they, on that one. like, they arrested this man at church, bro. Like, how, mm. I, how, <laughs> how cool. ratchet is that, bro? Like, you, <laughs> you had to arrest this man while he was leaving church. And, uh, but, um, but yeah, just like, when they seal out the doors and it's just Richie and Frank, you know, and face to face, like, okay, here we are. 
you know, th- this is our moment. This is our time. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, Frank is like, okay, well, here we go. And, and I'm going to throw one more in there. Uh, when, when Richie finally discovers who Frank is with the chinchilla coat at the boxing match. Oh like, yes. Yeah. When, when he, when he captures that photo, he's like, okay, I think, I think we got something here. Yes, and of course, that's our guy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, it, it just, it takes off from there. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean the, the, the part where he, where he, uh, uh, kills, uh, Tango, I mean, it, it you know, oh, goes boy. out. I mean that that part is so cool. He, he, he just like where, he where, just got where, dropped where, in the middle of the street. Just drop, just drop. <laughs> <laughs> then he comes back into into the diner. Is like where was oh, I? I mean, just, yeah. it just picks up like it was nothing. I mean, that, that, that's my most memorable. That if we if we go through that whole entire scene, you know, he's he's giving his spill or whatever. This man, he empties the sugar jar and says twenty percent. It puts. I, I'm like, oh, what a callback. And then takes his money and then leaves him his twenty percent. I'm like, what? What a gangster, man! Like you just <laughs> you, <laughs> you fully just embody the title. You fully right. embody the title. <laughs> Absolutely, and and then like everybody else, kind of like, oh well, I mean, let me keep buying this fruit. Let me get some vegetables. Go to the house. <laughs> like he's got dropped in the street, but we're gonna keep on. We'll keep it moving. So yep, definitely. Um, and after listening to most memorable quotes, um, I had success. It's got enemies. You can be successful and have enemies, or you can be unsuccessful and have friends. Um, and, and as we were mentioning before, there's your twenty percent. Uh, quitting when you're ahead is not the same as quitting. Even a fool gets to be young once. Um, you're either somebody or you're nobody. This is my home, my country. Frank, Lu- Frank Lucas don't run from nobody. Um, l- looking back at uh, some of the most memorable quotes, w- was there one that kind of stood out to you um, in particular? Um, so of course you you, you got you got to love his constant. Referencing of my man, yeah. He's like my man, my man. Uh, How many uh, times did he say that in the film? He said that like (laughs) (laughs) you know what? Like, well, I'll throw this out for you. Let's throw this out for your listeners. Like, whoever whoever goes and watches American Gangster after listen to this podcast, if you like, let's say you come back, keep a count, get a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah, if if you keep count and you come back and tell Wilson who how many he has, what I'll give give you a shout out. Yes. <laughs> on, on, on Instagram, yes. so literally, um, I so I, I I'm not I'm I'm not quoting it word from word, but the the scene um, where he's quoting like what it was like to be um, when the cops come to his house. You know, he's like, you know, I haven't seen normal since I was 12 years old, and it's like it, it, again, it kind of it makes you empathize you know even though you don't agree with what he's doing it makes you empathize with where he's coming from that you know 12 mm-hmm. years old he's seen you know his family member get a shotgun shoved into his mouth and yeah it just you know completely shapes his um uh completely shapes his worldview um you know, of yeah. course the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room um and you mentioned Dominic Catano success has got his enemies you can be successful and have enemies you can be successful and have friends. Um, uh, even the quote with his mom, you know, um, you know, if you would have been a preacher, your brothers would have been preachers. If you would have went to the army, your brothers would have been the army, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's kind of the point where she's realizing who her son really is and where all this extravagance has come from is from his dirty deeds. And uh, mm-hmm. when she straight up like slaps him, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, yeah like uh, you better come to, you better come to realize, man. That, reality. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your reality is here. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, 
a part that I really observed was just how it was so visually involved with over, you know, 360 scenes shot on 180 locations. It's also a period piece and, and is meeting the sets um, that, that had to match the late 1960s um, and early 1970s timeframe. Um, but to you, kind of like what particular element um, did you like the most of this storyline? Uh, one thing I love, I, I think it kind of plays on what you just said, just kind of just, you know, I, I definitely kind of have that feel for these films that kind of you know, take us back and make us step back into a period of time, which we're, you know, not really familiar with. And, you know, so this yeah. is, you know, 1960s, 1970s Harlem, you know, this is, you know, in New York in a, in a time period, you know, where our country is very restless after the Vietnam War. So it's just a, it's a period we often hear about, you know, through school or maybe through another movie or whatever, but it just kind of captures that moment of like, you know, people trying to cope with their circumstances, you know, um, for, you know, for the soldier who is having to fight overseas, you know, them struggling with their drug addiction and, you know, how it's now ravaging the community, which Frank says that he stands for, you know, he's basically hurt in the same community as well too, with his drug, with his drug empire. So I think just just the way it kind of makes you step back and like it kind of see this, you know, of course, it's not a comprehensive view of everything. You know, it, it would be wrong to assume that, you know, every person in Harlem at the time was doing drugs. But it just it, it, it gives you a picture of like, hey, this is, this is what we're seeing what's going on here. And it kind of just I think, helps you kind of appreciate, you know, like oh, the way they're able to put this on a screen format, you know, in the year of 2007. So it's mm-hmm. um yeah it's I, I I'm definitely a fan of kind of bringing that classic look you know whether it be the cars or dress oh yeah it definitely had a classic feel to it absolutely so it just it just kind of just pulls you into an era that that, that you're not familiar with yeah definitely and, and and before we get to our our last topic you were I don't know if you remember but you were talking to me a few weeks ago about how you were kind of on a Denzel kick and, and kind of like throwing out yeah. what, what were some of my favorite Denzel movies um you know for me. For me particularly, this is definitely like a really good Denzel film. Um, I think some some of my my favorites like Training Day, Malcolm X, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the ones I mentioned. Um, to you in particular, looking at this film, like, do you think this is a top tier uh, Denzel film, or would you say like middle tier? Like, like kind of like where would you rank it in the tier that you have for favorite Denzel movies? Yeah, I, I would probably roll middle tier, um, just yeah. as far as you know, because. Um, because you know, even though yes, he is you know the leading the leading star. I mean, Russell Crowe also has a big part in some too as well. I mean, he's a. It's not just Frank Lucas that we're seeing; it's also Richie Roberts as well too. And kind of mm-hmm. how his life, it, it's kind of almost a tale of two individuals whose life is crashing down around them. You know where, you know when we, when we first see um, Richie, you know he's serving these warrants and. You know, he comes across all this cash. He ends up turning it in, trying to be a good guy, but yet his personal yeah. life is is just a is just a wreck. And then, yeah, Frank Lucas, who is trying to become something and trying to, you know, get out of the shadow of his former boss Bumpy, and and so he he has to go. He basically he ends up doing what his you know what his boss was like was you know so upset about you know about the middleman. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you know, he he is a basically going straight to the source and and one of the things like i said so what it does is you know it, it gives us these two balancing conflicting worldviews and like where you have a cop you have the drug dealer all that kind of stuff but yeah. going back to your question 
Uh, yeah, I would run probably middle of the pack for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think you just it, – it's a memorable film. It has memorable moments, no doubt about that. But it's so hard to get past, like, Training Day, Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for me personally, like, Man on Fire. Like, Man oh, yeah. on Fire sits, sits with me way more than, than American Gangster does. And, and that's what matters. How much is uh, how much a film sits yeah. with you is another thing you have to to include in these rankings. Exactly, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, you, you think about the the epic scene in Malcolm X when he when he marches with the the Nation of Islam to the police station and they just stand there and then they walk off. Like, I mean, that it's like this man is owning yeah. this role right now. Groundbreaking. Like, you just you, you can just feel the intensity which he carries with that role. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's American Gangster will probably run middle of the pack for me. Um, you know, and it's almost like, you know, you, you got those certain Denzel films where he's going to be more focused on kind of the, the acting aspect and how he brings the characters to life. And then you have films like, you know, um, like the equalizer where, you know, it's more about, let's just have some fun and blow stuff up and, <laughs> and watch Denzel yeah. run around shooting things. So, um, but yeah, so, so for me, I, I would read definitely run. I, I would, I would say probably top of the middle tier for me. And, you know, Trent, and there's some films like the little things that we don't want to talk about. That's uh, that, that, that yeah. that's bottom tier. <laughs> so we'd rather just not even discuss. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna talk about that snooze fed the Manchurian <laughs> candidate, bro. I couldn't even think of do that. <laughs> yeah, every actor has the films that, that you rather not oh, yeah. discuss as much as well. Um, oh yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and another actor. Um, I mean, obviously, another uh, top flight actor in, in Russell Crowe. You know, looking at back at Russell Crowe's career, and especially in the early two thousands, yeah, was just he had one a, of the he, biggest. He had a run, man. He had a yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was getting to. He really had a run, and it, and even over the last couple of years, it, it doesn't feel as though he's had the same popularity he once had. Yeah. He, he even tried to um do a a, a, a film directing a debut in twenty fourteen. But kind of like, what are your thoughts on Russell Russell Crowe's career and just how his popularity has kind of switched up recently? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. Well, into like, I always kind of wonder what's going through these guys' mind. Like, you know, like what you know, you, you have people like you know, like let's say it's a count someone like Will Smith. Like mm-hmm. that. Like if if we're talking about how like he owned the two thousands. Like yeah. you know, if, like he put out. I I want to say like I and I could be wrong on this, but. I want to say he had a run of movies that all earned over $300 million in the box office. I mean, mm-hmm. just, I mean, one hit after another. After, so you, I mean, you're factoring in. I was recently watching yeah. iRobot the other day. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I owned this <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, like, like iRobot, you know, Bad Boys. Um, yeah. I mean, just one thing after another. And, but Russell Crowe, like, he has this run, you know, where he, you know, he had the beautiful mind. You have Gladiator, and mm-hmm. I mean, just I mean, significant films. Like, you know, they hold a huge, you know, um, you know, huge place in you know cinema history. And then, you know, after American Gangster, he kind of just seemed to you know, fizzle out. Now, granted, I, I don't, I, I haven't paid attention to him as much frequently as I have in the past. So, but I do know he's in a new Thor movie, so he might have a little bounce back here coming up. Yeah. For him. So, <laughs> um, so we'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I, I always wonder what goes through their mind. I do. Do some of these guys get to a place where they're just ready to settle? And they're like, you know what? Yeah. I've made I've made enough money. I don't have to, I do not have to make a film every I year. Can re- I can rest on my laurels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So but then I mean you got 
And you got some people that are like, all right, I'm ready to knock out, you know, five films and, you know, three and a half years and, and Hey, mm-hmm. all power to them. But you know, I, they want that work ethic, but you have to wonder like, you know, are, are some actors taking kind of like the Daniel Day Lewis role where they're like, I want to play what I want to play, do what I want to do when I want to do it. And when I'm done, I'm done. You know, like I'll step away when I'm done. So uh, I don't know. You know, it, it feels like the, you know, like some of these movies that, uh, that Russell's doing here. Like, I, know, I know he came out with one that came out during the pandemic. Um, I, I didn't see it, but it's like, man, I feel like Russell Crowe's going down the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, Nicholas Cage yeah. route where he's like just doing what do whatever. Just doing whatever. <laughs> so uh but um but yeah, so yeah, I I, I, said, I always wonder what kind of goes through their head when it comes to that. But mm-hmm. I mean overall though, yeah, I mean he's had a solid career and uh and yeah, you you, you can't really fault him for that. So yeah, actually I, I would love to hear your thoughts now. I'm actually gonna pull up uh uh we're, we're doing a little live internet searching real quick. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up uh, Russell Crowe's IMDB page. And let's see yeah, what else is, yeah, stood out. So, but, but I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on it too as well. Yeah, and, and for me, like Russell Crowe, you, you look back at a film like Gladiator, That's mm-hmm. that was like one of my top 10 favorite films, a, a film that, yeah. that I would go back and, and look at a lot. And I feel as though with Russell Crowe, he had that, that presence about him that was just kind of like, it gave you an A-list type of feel from an actor. And looking back at his recent run of films, I... You know, he's had some personal issues as well, battling with fame. He's even addressed that publicly. Um, and I think fame is one of those things with actors that we, and actresses that we can't deny. Like, that is a very tough thing to kind of have to micromanage and have to, like, go up against when you're constantly in the yeah. public eye and you've got the paparazzi and things of that nature. So I, I really feel as though that, that has definitely had an impact on him. And also the the the, the selections. Like the movie selections that he's tried to be in over the past years, like there are certain actors that pick smarter movies and roles to be in. Like there are movies that Leonardo DiCaprio is not going to be in just to be in. He's going to pick sure. strategic films. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. that's like, one I, of the main I, points. I yeah. could never see Leo in a Marvel film. Like I never. I, it's, it's, it's not his. It's not his. He's slang. so strategic. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so I'm looking at his films right now. So, yeah. So I forgot about Cinderella Man. A good solid oh, film. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I was solid. Uh, yeah, yeah. Master Commander, The Far Side of the World. Um, I, 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 well, I'm doing. I'm picking out some films that kind of stand out to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, and they had a Robin Hood, Robin Hood movie, but there's so many Robin Hood movies. I don't want to see another one. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, he was in uh, uh, Les Miserables. He was in that. Um, he's also. I, I forgot about the Noah movie. Is in the Noah movie, which yeah. was, you know, a good hard pass for me, and, and not because like you know. You know, I, I didn't want to see it, or it's just like it's like it was fine. You know, I, I wasn't really too crazy mm-hmm. about it, but uh, but it looks like he did. Like, um, so just looking kind of like what's coming up. So it looks like he has like probably at least five films coming out over the next few years. So, so he definitely has some stuff coming up soon. Um, and of course, the, the headliner being Thor: Love and Thunder. So, and he's playing Zeus in that film. Yeah, he, he's definitely had a different different turn in his career. Um, For sure. Listening to our last topic, 10 years from now, do you still think it'll be watchful and intriguing? Um, for me, I, I definitely think it will. This was an extremely intelligent film in the gangster genre, and there include just so many implosions of the soul and ego. And, and I think th- there are certain things like Ridley Scott, that's another person we haven't mentioned, Ridley Scott has had a phenomenal career. And yeah, anything he that does. he directs is, is really top of the line as well. And I think his impact 
his influence in, the, in this, you know, can't go undenied as well as along with um, Denzel and what Russell Crowe were, were able to uh, to pull off. But to you, kind of what in particular do you think will continue to make this a watchful and intriguing film another decade from now? Yeah, so, you know, so it's one of those things that, um, um, you know, yeah, you know, when, I, when I saw your question, I was like, you know, this is, this is pretty funny that we, we get to that we get to talk about this because, you know, it has been 10 years since this film came out. Exactly. And, and I, I would say, yeah, you know, I would say right now that he has, uh, you know, the film has held up over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, do a lot to how it was portrayed, uh, do a lot to how, um, uh, excuse me, do a lot to how it was um, the cast itself. It, it just it, it may it keeps you it keeps you intrigued. So I would say you know ten years from now, so when it's you know twenty years old, I think it'll still be intriguing. I think you're going to have people um, who are going to be locked into it. And I think you know for you know guy you know individuals who really enjoy film, like and they enjoy Denzel Washington or Russell Crowe, or whatever. Like you know I. At some point, they're going to be tied into it. Say, okay, or this is another one on the list. Let me go mm-hmm. ahead and watch that. So, um, so yeah. So I think I think it will hold up for the test of time, and I do think it's going to be uh, interesting to see how it you know, plays out over the next you know decade. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Trenton, last year, me and Savon, literally this time around, we were we were able not not even this time around. It, it, the Oscars was like in February, like when the, back when the world was yeah. normal. It's now in April. We're a day, we're a day out from it. Um, do you have any thoughts on some of the movies that you've seen this year? Obviously, we talked about Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, there's films like Nomadland, Minari, Mank, Sound of Metal. I, mean, I haven't seen a lot of the films of this year, but do you have any thoughts on maybe some of the things you're looking forward to in the Oscars or, or just kind of maybe how the movie industry has had to adjust to a really different type of Oscars year? Yeah, so yeah, just being completely upfront, like I'm, uh, I have friends who who will literally sit down and watch every film that's been nominated for an wow. Oscar, um, and uh, but I I'm not one of those guys, man. Like I'm not one of those people that uh, I don't have the time, <laughs> it, it, right? Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's but also too like um, I, I guess I don't I don't appreciate you know film the way that some of these like like you know when. Um, uh, what was that? What was the film that won last year? It wasn't Contagion. Your was sight. It? Parasite, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I, I don't. It's like okay, cool. That's that's great, you know. But did, uh, you, did you like Parasite? So I, I actually I, again, I I just never got around to seeing. I think didn't see it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think it's also kind of one of those things. Too, it's like you know, I, so I tried to watch I Am Legend a couple of days ago, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this is this is too real right now. I can't, I can't, I can't watch yeah. this film right now. Like, so, it's conveying uh, too much realness. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, like it leads. I'm talking about a, a vaccination that's going to cure cancer. I'm like, yeah, nah, man, I'm good, I'm good. So, but no, uh, you know, it's it. Yes, I, I've never been one to really kind of follow the the Oscar trend of like you know, like like what wins. Now, I do pay attention when like films that I appreciate win, and yeah. I feel like so that's what most people do today. The films that yeah. resonated with them, they're going uh, to exactly, exactly. And I think that you know, so for me, you know, so I, like you know, so two years ago, what stood out for me was Joker because I I saw Joker in theaters. Mm-hmm. I really I enjoyed it, and I, you know, now and there's kind of some controversy as to why it won. I get that, um, and but but I also think too, you know, it it, it was a well produced film. You know, it was presented well. And I think it kind of it struck a nerve with some people as far as like what it described. And I think 
as far as this year goes, that Judas and Obama Messiah have the same opportunity as well, too. Yeah. That it's a very it's a very volatile moment. Uh, and, and of course, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to say it's going to win because of the moment. Um, I think it's a legitimately good film, and uh, it, it deserves the honor and praise that, that it should get. And, and hopefully, you know, every every cast member who's up for for an award gets recognized for that. Um, but but also too, I think it it'll set a standard. Like, you know, we can make good quality films and uh, and see it through. But also too, well, so you know, I, and this is something that you know we'll have to probably look at years down the road. But I have to, you know, I have to wonder, like, is was the is will the viewership be up around this time of year? Because you know, last year all we could basically do is just watch movies at home. That's yeah. the that was the cheat code. That was the cheat code that the movie industry got. All you could do was just was just watch stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So I I actually have uh, Sound of Metal saved onto my Amazon Prime to watch here soon because like I, I'm intrigued by the storyline about uh, what, a, a metal drummer who goes deaf. That's sort of how yeah. I cope with it. Yeah. I I I'm interested. I want to see what's going on there. So, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah I'm interested to see who wins. You know, it's uh um. Uh, of course, I'm very, very biased because pretty much the only film I've seen on the list. But I think Judas is up for it. And, that's uh, where I'm I was, at, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I was say, but I was here. That's the same thing. Like, we've been talking about, hey, we want to see Judas and the Black Messiah pick up some wins tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and I hope Tennant gets his flowers, too, as well. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nolan <laughs> Nolan supporters out there. Nolan supporters out there. You heard it first. You heard it. I didn't you have to say first. it. We want yeah, Nolan right. to get all his flowers. <laughs> all, all his flowers, all his flowers. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and of course, we're this is this is us, you know, kind of diverting off and going into our Nolan nerdiness right here. But you yes. know, it, it, it's it, it's going to take it's going to take a break for Nolan to really kind of get into that, you know, best picture role. Like he's really going to have to drive down and want to do a drama, kind of like a, mm. a historical drama. Or you think you think he has it in him? You think he has it in him where he, where he want to put something? I, like that? I don't. I, I think he has the ability to create it, uh, to write it, but I don't know if he would want to do it though, uh, because I mean he writes really good stories. Like he writes well enough that it that it, I think it could could translate, but I don't know if he wants to do that though. I think he, yeah, as we've seen in Tenet and every other film he's done, like you know Noel's going to do what Noel wants to do, and um, yeah, we we love him, and sometimes we're kind of like ah oh, yeah like. Yeah, Tenet was a little loud, bro. Like, you know, so yes. like, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So we'll, we'll see. You know, I, even I rewatching be... Tenet recently, I recently rewatched Tenet. Man, that's a really loud movie. That's a really loud yeah. film. <laughs> no doubt. It's like it's like no one like it did not have to be this loud. Like you did not. No. It it's like <laughs> so, but but if we're talking about the Oscars, like you know, so American Gangster was up for several awards. Am I correct? Yeah, exactly. Yes, it was. It was up. Yeah. It was up for a lot of awards. Um, if, yeah, I'm, if I'm looking at it right, it had it had two Oscar nominations for best art direction, okay, and best well, supporting actress. Yeah, who was the best supporting actress? Uh, Ruby D. Ruby D. Gotcha. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. Because like you know, it's like she definitely know, deserved like, it. Oh, for sure, for sure, no doubt about that. And you know, like, but even, but even I'm even thinking about like, man, like you know, like. Could, could that have been a role that Denzel could have won for? You know, like he, the way he mm. kind of like you know brought you in and portrayed like that character to you, like he was a he's an emotional fixture in that film, and uh, and you, yeah, it really sucked you in. I was like, man, I, I believe in this character. I believe this character he's playing yes. in front of me right now. 
So, um, yeah. at the end of the day, man, like, you know, I think when it comes to the Oscars, you have to, you have to really be a student of what's going on in Hollywood. And, and you have to really see some, some off the wall films to, to really kind of grasp the importance of what's being presented or why it's up for the best film. Uh, now, I will say in the past, there's been a couple of films I've watched that won Best Picture. I was like, that was fine. It, it wasn't yeah. Best Picture quality for me. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like I say, it, it, it's unfortunately, it's it's ruled by people. It's done by people who, you know, are a very tight-knit group who kind of have these standards that are insane. It's not It's Look. not the average person. Who was like back in 2017? Back in 2017, when The Shape of Water won, I cannot tell you what that movie was about, and I, I don't think I ever <laughs> watched that movie. When it won, I was just like, I don't think I ever watched this movie. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So it, again, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, somehow, someway, these artistic vibes just hit these people to yeah, you know, hit the right nerve for them. Like, yes, this is it. So right, but um, but yeah, man, it's yeah. I, I don't think, you know, it's for the common person. And uh, mm -mm, I, it's, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate to say that, but it's not. And, uh, but, but it it's is for the people though. who have backstage passes. It's for, it's for the elite. It's for the elite who has a backstage no, pass. <laughs> no doubt about that. No doubt about that. But, but, it, but it is cool though. When, when one of those films that it just stands out and stands out as all overall, it is really cool yeah. to see one of those films you know, get get to get the love it deserves, and, uh, and I think this year it's gonna be Judas and the Black Messiah. So mm, definitely. Well, we, we we went way past American Gangster. I went on too many we tangents. We, we both love American good. Gangster. That that was the premise premise of, of the segment. But for sure, Trent, thank you thank you so much for being back on it. As always, it was always a, it's it's always a pleasure and uh, love having you on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm Bill Swins and Burns, and this has been Full Scope. See you later.